The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. Let's go, baby! Are you ready for a break? Uh, yes. Are you ready for a break? Absolutely. Ready for a break? Yeah, and um, so much for that. It's time for The Break on DallasCowboys.com. We were on a break! With Nick Eatman, David Hellman, Ambar Garcia, and Derek Eagleton. It is Wednesday, November 8th, 2017, season 13, episode number 71. Welcome to another edition of The Break, live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. And uh, today we got a lot to talk about. We'll start with the Atlanta offense today. We'll get into that and tell you a little bit about what you can expect as far as the matchups there. Uh, But first, what I wanted to do is give everybody a good rundown of what uh, the storylines look like for this week. There are a few that are worth keeping an eye on. How's everybody doing this morning? Great, Derek. Wonderful. Awesome. Cold. You got on a coat, so <laughs> yeah, be all right. I'll be okay. I want to be in bed in my coat. In- <laughs> all right. That just took me by surprise. Like I wasn't uh, expecting you to say it. Wouldn't you want to be in bed in your no. covers, like all nice and cozy? Actually, yes, that'd be great. Exactly. Awesome. No, I want to grind, and I only want to talk about Cowboys football, getting this <laughs> win against the Falcons, previewing this Atlanta offense, talking to Dak Prescott and maybe Zeke today, and just really kicking ass. That's what I want to do. That's Boy, that's what I'm talking about. Energy Cowboys from Dave this saying. morning. That's what I'm talking about. Just saying. You agree, Nick? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's jump right into this thing. Here are the storylines for this. Does week. Dave agree? I don't know. We're Absolutely. gonna pretend he does. Absolutely. He's spilling coffee Look, everywhere. As long as long <laughs> as he's got energy, let's let's play that up and let's just That's give him true. a good pat on the back and say thanks, Dave. Thanks for bringing that energy. All right, let's talk about uh, Ezekiel Elliott. What's going on with him this week? Uh, I think it's as, later this week. Uh, there's going to be another hearing. Give me the update on where we are and what's going to happen this week and when that should happen and when the Cowboys. We'll know more and just the whole nine. What's happening? <laughs> thought it, everything. Thought it was really great because uh, Jerry Jones was asked that question a little, uh, a little bit earlier this morning, and he knows as much as I know, which is like not not as much as you'd prefer. Uh, you'd want him to know a little bit more. Yeah. Well, it's. I mean, it's not that all, he can. But... It's all in the hands of a federal court, and like we've said a few times on this show, they do whatever they want on whatever timeline they want. So. Uh, he's going to have his appeal hearing on Thursday with the Second Circuit Court of Appeals. It's a three-judge panel. Uh, I believe I heard it was two Democrats and a Republican. That's a good thing, right? I think so, but I'm yeah. not going to pretend to like, oh, yeah, well, you see, what they need here is this guy <laughs> voted here. And, like, I don't know. It's got to go 3 nothing, right? I believe so. Does it? I, yeah, I believe so. In appeals, it has to be. Unlike a, a, a regular district court, I guess. I don't know, but I think it does have to be. It, it he, it's got to go well for Zeke. Daniel, um, yeah, Daniel Wallach, <laughs> where are you? Um, that's going to be on Tuesday. There's going to be oral argument. You mean Thursday? Sorry, yes, Thursday. Yes, two p.m. Yeah, Thursday. Tuesday already happened. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's going to be Thursday. There's going to be oral arguments. I think Daniel Wallach actually said that you know they allot for. 30 minutes on each side for oral arguments, but he expects in a situation like this that it'll last longer than that. And then they just make their decision. And apparently... Right there at the moment? No. they Well, they can. They can make it Thursday night. They can make it Friday. They could wait until next week, in which case Zeke would be eligible to play against Atlanta. Could they wait, like, feasibly? Could they actually do this at, <laughs> like, 
one thirty on game. Sunday afternoon. I don't think so because again, the court's closed. Talking that. about the government, and government doesn't work on weekends. Like f- no exceptions. Like <laughs> president doesn't work on the weekend. Depending. Don't get me started. Yeah. All right. Go we'll ahead. Talk about Go something ahead. else. Yeah. Um. So you know, I I would if it's not by Friday at like close of business, I would expect that he can play and. It took ten days for this thing to go through the federal, the the circuit court in New Orleans. Having said that, it just seems like they've been really good about doing everything on a speedy time. It took how long in, in New Orleans? You said thirty days. Ten. Oh, ten. Did I say thirty? No, I don't. I didn't. Ten. I didn't hear what you said. Right, you said ten. You. Okay, ten days. So if that were to happen, presumably he could play two games before you even have a decision. If it took that same timeline, right? Theoretically, but I really just kind of have a hunch that they're going to have it figured out by Friday. I just. Yeah. Everything ever since ever since Zeke had that overturned. So going back to the bye week, ever since that was overturned and he filed for the TRO and that was, you know, blah blah blah. Everything that's happened since then has been fast, like by court standards. Right, yeah. So I think that's going to keep up and so we will uh we'll see what happens, but I'm thinking maybe Friday. But as of right now because there is not a a ruling the temporary restraining order is still in place, which means he practices at least until a decision is made, right? Stay. Stay, I'm sorry. Temporary restraining order was two weeks ago. Got it. Okay. Get it straight. I thought it was the same terminology, but I don't I think have so. that wrong. Okay, either way, he's still practicing as of today, which does create, I think, an interesting conversation, at least for us, of how the Cowboys should handle this week. And so I'll ask you guys that question. Knowing the situation that they're in, that there could be a situation they could find out as late as Friday, and even though courts don't work on the weekends, I guess it could come out this weekend. All that being said, if you're the Cowboys coaches, do you maybe just practice as usual, assuming that Zeke's going to be your starter? Or do you maybe say, okay, Zeke, we're not going to practice you this week. What we're going to do is let you sit in on meetings. You'll understand the game plan. You'll know what, what you would be doing. We know that you know how to do it out on the field, but we'd rather give the reps to the other guys to get them prepared so that you basically are prepared for either way, um, whether Zeke plays or does not. What do you guys think is the best way to go? Somewhere in between, maybe. I mean, split the reps a little bit. Give Zeke some some time. Give a, give some to Alfred Morris if he's going to be your starter. And then the other guys, you just, you know, they're going to get scout team reps, I guess. So, I mean, that's what I would do. I, I, would, I would not just sit Zeke this week. I would I would just split it. Garrett had a really good read between the lines type of answer about that uh, back on Monday during his wrap up press conference. Which, if you think about it, I mean, you watch training camp. That's not how these guys practice anyway. You know, like you do, you do a period of you know, all right, you do individuals, whatever. You go to full team, you probably run ten reps. The starter will get six of those, yeah. seven, and then you know, and so then the backup gets two, and the third guy maybe gets one or zero or whatever. Like they always divvy it up. It's not like the starter gets right. everything always. And so I would imagine you just adjust your game plan. Would so. you flip that though? Or would you would you maybe give Morris six and give Zeke three? Like I would probably give Zeke the lion's share of the work, but less than he's used to. So if he usually gets eight out of ten, I would give him five this week or you know something like that i and i think they will like garrett basically said you know we'll vary it up and make sure that our you know number two and number three get more than than they're probably used to getting in a situation like this what's your opinion on that amber i trust whatever they're doing i I mean this is again something that it's not catching them by surprise necessarily they've been dealing with this uncertainty uncertainty for weeks 
with the exception of last week that Zeke was unable to be here in practice. That's the only exception. But aside from that, I'm sure whatever they're doing in the way that they're preparing, they're making sure they covered in all areas, you know, with all their backups and including Zeke in case he's able to play. All right, let's let's uh, let's move on. Let's talk a little bit about injuries. They got some significant injuries that you'll have to keep an eye on this week. Tyron Smith, Des Bryant, Terrence Williams, Cheeto Bayawuzi. I'm going to throw him in that category just because we're still waiting for his return, and it sounds like that maybe he might be able to resume practice this week. Tell me about those four injuries and, and kind of what you're expecting this week as, as we go throughout the week. Well, uh, Jerry tried to shed some light on those things this morning. Didn't really come away from that really feeling one way or the other about it he said uh he's not sure about dead he, he doesn't know that they'll have Des or terrence but he doesn't know that they won't have Des or terrence which great thanks once again don't know yeah um he did he kind of alluded that you know he's hopeful that you can count on him i did from what i gather and you never know but it sounds like Des and terrence maybe that's like a pain tolerance thing Des has an ankle and a knee terrence has an ankle Put it up Terrence played through this in week two after hurting it pretty bad in week one. And he was like adamant about it too. He's like, if all it is is pain tolerance, I'll play. So uh, I, I, I sort of feel like at least one of those two guys will be out there. If not both Tyron's the one that really kind of freaks me out. Uh, He's, he's got a groin injury. um, And I mean, I don't even know where to begin with that. Like, it doesn't sound like something you can play with six days later, but if there's one type of Iron Man freak who can do it, it's probably him. I'm going to go ahead and guess you won't see him today or tomorrow at practice, and then it'll just be a matter of how he feels on Friday if I had to guess. And Chittabay's fine. He was playing basketball in the locker room. He's good. <laughs> Turn around, Jumper. Looking good. Defense. I mean, he was playing some defense. I mean, he didn't get hurt through that. I think he's... I think he's going to practice. I would hope so. I would hope that what we saw yesterday leads us to think that he is going to practice. Because if not, then he'll sit down somewhere. Yeah. He was active out there. Yeah. Like, <laughs> for okay. it, Hamper Ball is back in the Cowboys locker. I love it. Yeah. I do. It was, it was a staple last year, it, right? It really it, it helps the time go by in the <laughs> locker room. And, but. Typically, hamper ball like you you stand still and shoot shots. It's like horse. Like, yeah. but Cheeto and Jordan Lewis are like backing each other down and just all rookies this, just yeah, don't know just how to play the game. Play the just, game the way it was meant to be played. Young hood <laughs> rookies ball. messing it up. Yeah. Just, amber ball is that what you said? He said hamper ball. It is more like staff ball. It's hamper ball. I kept having to look back every time as I'm listening to Taco speak. I'm having to look back every second to make sure they don't. They, they, shoot this, the they shoot this oversized tennis ball into a hamper where also sweaty towels and stuff are getting thrown into and jock straps and all that. And then they make the they make it. Then they go in no, there Tommy and John. grab it and get it and then shoot it again. And then the ball goes over here and Dave picks it up and throws Ugh. it over here. And All right, calm down. I'm and just then he saying. scratches his eyebrows and oh. then <laughs> it's all over his face. Wow. I- <laughs> <laughs> Okay. All right. All right. Sorry. Are we done? Staff Are we ball. Done? <laughs> Hamper ball was much better than that. All right. All right. Let's uh, let's get back into this. All right. So we got injuries uh, lined out. Kind of know what to expect here. At least what to be looking for with injuries. What to be looking for with Zeke. Now let's focus in on the team the Cowboys have to play, the Atlanta Falcons. This is going to be another tough one. Um, and I know that they have not been the team that you saw last year that went to the Super Bowl. They are four and four right now. And they've had that kind of season where it's been really up and down. But you cannot ignore 
the number of playmakers they have specifically on this offense. Dave, give us your scouting report uh, on the offense. Honestly, I the Atlanta Falcons don't make any sense to me. That's really yeah. You you set it up pretty perfectly there. This is the number six team in total offense, the number six team in passing offense, 13th in rushing offense. Not great, but definitely not bad. You have the reigning NFL MVP, Matt Ryan, who's completing 65% and has thrown for 2,000 yards halfway through the season. Um, You have a Pro Bowl running back in Devonta Freeman, who's averaging 4.5 yards per carry. He's got 500 yards at the halfway mark. Tevin Coleman uh, doesn't get as many carries as Freeman, but he's averaging five yards per carry. A weapon, too. They have two really nice running backs. And then there's Julio Jones, who has almost 700 receiving yards. Uh, And another guy that you probably know from fantasy is Austin Hooper, who he only has 25 catches for 330 – 25 catches, but he's averaging 13 yards per catch. So he's he's a big play threat for a tight end as well. But the thing is, they're 17th in scoring offense. They're averaging 21 points per game. They've lost three out of their last four with, you know, what they've have they they beat the Jets. That's what it was. They beat the Jets. I think that was last week after giving up a 20 point lead to the Dolphins. And obviously they lost to the Panthers. Um, There's talent all over this offense and they suck. Uh, they don't suck for right? what they have they okay. suck all right i think and so i went and i watched this game against the panthers to try to figure it out and i just this is a team that doesn't know what it is or what it wants to do i really believe that and i think they miss kyle shanahan he was their offensive coordinator he was amazing last year they have steve sarkeesian now um who's famous for a variety of reasons <laughs> um this is like this is a team that's equipped to be like high flying you know limousine riding wheel and deal and kiss yeah all that rick flair stuff but like but they also want to they also think they're like a kyle shanahan ground and pound 21 personnel 12 personnel like they've got two tight ends on the field all the time austin hooper and levine tololo i hope i pronounced that right um and and they have two really nice running backs so what what are you what are you doing here? Do you want to ground and pound? Do you want to run that West Coast like spider two wide banana? Throw it to your fullback, or do you want to go three wide with Julio and Mohamed Sanu and Taylor Gabriel and just move down the field? And like it seems like they're trying to do all of it at once, and there's no rhyme or reason to it. Um, Devontae Freeman was averaging four and a half yards per carry against the Panthers last week. He he carried the ball 11 times for like 40-something yards. They carried the ball 18 times on the day. And this is in a game where they built up a 10 nothing lead on Carolina. And then they just got away from it. And Matt Ryan wound up throwing 38 times in a game that they lost by three. Like, it's just stuff like that where you're like, what are you trying to do here? What's, you know, like you talk about identity all the time, right? The Cowboys' identity is so crystal clear. Like, they're going to run the ball – they're going to get Dak on the move. Uh, you know, they, they're, not, they're not into that high-flying stuff so much. Um, you just have a pretty good idea of what their game plan is going to look like regardless of the opponent. I feel like these guys have no idea. Um, they, th- they throw it 58% of the time, obviously, because they have a great quarterback. And for my money, probably the best receiver in football. But they get distracted by other stuff. On It's like... It's like somebody told them, like, oh, you, you got to run the ball to win. And that helps, but, like, they're not really committed to it. But it sounds like from what you're saying, they, at least last week, they should have stuck with the run. If That's they're what, averaging 4.5, yeah. 
stick with it, keep doing it, right? That's what I'm saying is it it doesn't it doesn't make a ton of sense to me what they're doing. Like it's they're caught between two different philosophies and I don't get the impression that they really have it figured out what they want to do. And I actually I went I read up on some of it and, you know, Anytime an offense this talented is struggling, you hear rumors and whispers and, you know, there's talk of disorganized game plans and, you know, not really establishing an identity. And it certainly looks like that when you watch them because I'm just like, well, well, but Devonta Freeman just did that. Why, where's he, where'd he go? Why, why aren't you doing more of that? Where's, you know, blah, blah, blah. The one thing I will say uh, is they are dedicated to getting Julio Jones the ball, and they should be. I mean, he had... I think he had 12 targets last week. Obviously, everybody saw the fourth down drop that would have put them right back in that game. Um, he's got 68 targets on the year, 43 catches, only one touchdown, which is surprising to me. Um, yeah. This just, this just was that last week? No. Oh. Yeah, um, I thought, I thought going into that game, I thought I saw somebody say as he was walking to the, you know, they show the them getting off the bus. I thought they said he had no touchdowns at that point, but maybe they said one. What game was it, earlier in the season or something? I don't know off the top of my head. Okay. Um, Matt Ryan also has seven picks to just 11 touchdowns. So for whatever reason, I mean, the the gains are there. He's got 2,000 yards. I yeah. mean, they hit big plays. Julio's, Julio's averaging something like 15 or 16 yards per reception. Like I said, Austin Hooper's averaging 13. So like, this is a big play offense, but they just don't know how to convert it into points, it seems like. And I think that's because they – don't really know what they want to do. He had seven picks all of last year in 16 games. I mean, yeah, seven now halfway. He's got seven season. halfway through, and he also had 38 touchdowns last year, and he's I believe he's got 11. Mm-hmm. So, you know, a pace for 22. Obviously, things are different, you know, for him. So, um, not going to be winning the MVP this year. They are 51.8% in the red zone. Like, they're just – And that was actually the question I was going to ask. Usually when you see a team that has a ton of yards, which they do – they're right now sixth in the league in, in yards, yeah. but they're only 17th in points. Typically, they're having issues in the red zone, and it sounds like that's the issue here is they're, they're in the red zone and they're not being able to convert it to touchdowns. Yeah, I, and, and again, you know, I, t- I took some notes. Like I said, I mean, they've got two pretty nice tight ends. They try to do, you know, the tight end screens and the movement, the motions like you see from the Cowboys. I saw it's kind of funny. They tried to run a shovel pass like Travis Kelsey style, and it just sucked like they didn't. It did not work. Um, so, again, like, it just seems like they're trying to do this mismatch of all these different things. And, like, instead of instead of being really good at one thing, they're trying to be good at – kind of good at a few things. And I think that's dumb, basically. All right, let's take our first break. When we come back – go Real ahead. quick, can we just throw some news in there that's been out there? Um, Lewis Neal has been signed to the, to the uh, active roster. He's uh, going to be on the 53. My guy. Tackle. They also replaced that spot on the practice squad with a defensive tackle, Joe Villano. He's been around a little bit. He's 6'2", 300 pounds. So getting a little what bit more size. What was that again, 6'3"? 6'2", 300 pounds. Um, he, he, he'll be on the practice squad. He's been around the league a little bit. But Lewis Neal on the team. And they'll figure out, you know, they'll figure out how to, how to make it work. I would imagine he's probably going to be active, too. I mean, I, I don't think he would be inactive. Yeah. Uh, sign him up there. So they only have four defensive, ta- well, full time defensive yeah. tackles on the on the uh, on the active roster right now, right? Right. So I, I would imagine he probably plays in your. He might play in some nickel situations because he can get up the field yeah. a little bit. So we'll see. But they that's the move they made, and, and Brian Price is going to IR. So that's 
that's where that's the spot he takes. All right, we're going to take our first break. When we come back, Nick and Amber are going to give us their things that stand out about this Atlanta offense and how they match up against the Cowboys. We'll do that when we come right back. This is DallasCowboys.com radio. We, the entertainment-loving people, want a smartphone built for us. With AT&T and DirecTV, you can get the Samsung Galaxy S8. With an infinity edge-to-edge screen, it's perfect for entertainment. We want exactly what you just said. Buy a Samsung Galaxy S8 and get one free after bill credits when you buy both on AT&T Next and have TV. Visit your local AT&T store today. Buy each for $750 on installment agreement with eligible service. New line is free up to $750 in credits over 30 months. Credits start in two to three bills if service canceled by balance due. Taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. Limited time offers. See store for details. Star Sports Tours is the only official fan travel partner of the Dallas Cowboys, offering exclusive game weekend travel packages with sideline access and photo ops with current players, alumni, and cheerleaders. That's not all, though. You'll get to talk X's and O's with Senior Director of Player Personnel, Will McClay, and of course with yours truly me, Brian Broaddus. You can trust the official fan travel partner of the Dallas Cowboys, and with us, you'll travel like a pro. Visit CowboysTravel.com to book your travel package today. Cowboys fans know that the second best of anything simply won't cut it, and your skincare should be no different. A longtime locker room favorite of the players and the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Dallas-based Jack Black, is the number one best-selling men's skincare brand in the country because we make products that help guys look, smell, and feel better. Visit GetJackBlack.com Cowboys to get $10 off your first order of $50 or more. Jack Black, look good, smell good, feel good. Official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys. I hear all this talk about what it takes to be a cowboy. Everyone's got their ideas, but I just say to myself, it's what's up top that matters. Sure, you need men with the muscle and heart to get her done, but if your scouts and coaches are listening out there, a word of advice. Pick the man with the most well-worn Stetson. That's the one most cut out to be a cowboy. Stetson hats are handmade right here in Texas and have been on cowboys' heads for over 150 years. The rest of you can visit stetson.com cowboy to find a retailer nearest you back to the break welcome back to the second segment of the break live from swbc mortgage studios at the star we're talking about the cowboys versus the falcons today we're focusing in on the falcons offense versus the cowboys defense dave gave us a scintillating uh scouting report it was pretty great wasn't it? it was really good it was really good um and so now we get to move on to the part of the show that's even better uh where amber and nick get to give us <laughs> What are you laughing about? Amber and Nick get to get to give us their one that thing that's that that's, <laughs> that stands out about this Atlanta offense. Seriously, I'm gonna go. I, I'm gonna go. I'm that's gonna go on first. me. I'm gonna go that's crying. Are you crying? That Leo was Jones Stands out. Do what? The Leo Jones stands out. That's gonna be. I'm gonna go first. He. When you look at. Just, I mean, obviously he's not playing as like up to par like you would expect, like fantasy owners of him <laughs> would expect. But you're right; it's not because of a lack of trying. I'll say this though: because of Scandrick, Jordan Lewis, uh, Anthony Brown, they we saw last week. These guys can run. I mean, you're not really going to just run by them, but they still have some issues with the bigger receivers. And 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 Garcon, uh, he didn't. It was quiet, but he still had five catches, fifty yards. Travis Kelsey is a wide receiver. He had a nice game, seven catches, seventy-seven yards. Um, look at um, obviously Fitzgerald, a, a big receiver, and had one of the best games of his career. So I still feel like that the matchup favors Julio Jones. Every week with anybody he faces, but especially against the Cowboys, they're going to try to give him the ball. They just don't have those big bodies 
that you know that that can just shut him down. I don't think he's going to fly by him, but I do think they can move the chains with him. So he'd be the guy I'd be really concerned about. I mean, I mean that's a no-brainer there. Obviously, you'd be concerned about Julio, but because of the matchup, I think that he can really, really hurt him. Did he? What, what did he do statistically? <clears throat> what did he do statistically the last time they played the Cowboys? It seems like I remember him having a pretty good day. He roasted them. 12, 212 for 200, something like that. Yeah, I thought it was close to 200 yards. I don't have it in front of me, but he kicked the crap out of them. That was two years ago? Yeah, it was the 2015 game, and he did it all in the second half, and it was just did it from deep and, and over the middle and, and swing routes and screens and just. And the reason I bring it up, I know that there's different personnel now in the secondary. The reason I bring it up, though, is because the corners now, even though I think they are skilled corners, they're even shorter than yeah. the you had some bigger corners back then with Mo and with with a car, but this guy is a big he's a big receiver and he plays vertically. So I agree with you. I think it, yeah. the big challenge here is can these shorter corners be able to match up vertically with him? Twelve for one sixty four and two touchdowns. Ugh. Yeah, I mean I've, Julio Jones is a super fast guy, but I don't. Yeah, it's not like Tyree Kill where I think he's just going to blaze right. by. It's He's a great route runner, too, and he can buy himself space with his route running, and on top of that, he, he's like Dez. He can box you out, and, and that's definitely something these guys need to be. Bigger than Dez, taller than Dez. Yeah. Faster. And, no, I yeah, mean, but all no, around better. Right. Wasn't but, but just the vertical, his yeah. ability to vertically go up, I think, is the part of his game to me that makes him a tough, tough matchup. And he's not, like you said, he's not like a burner fast, but you're not going to catch him from behind either, especially once he gets up and he gets those long legs rolling like – that's a that's a really tough matchup for guys that don't can't match up physically as far as height is concerned. Right. All right, Amber, yeah. what's your <laughs> what's your one thing? Well, I have two things. All right, one that stood out to me was the word "successful" out of these ranking. I um, just wanna be successful. This is a stat. I, I'm not really sure what it means or like how they get this stat from. And I asked Brian, and he wasn't even sure himself, but Again, the Falcons are ranked number four on successful plays, and the Cowboys defense ranked 30. So not a good matchup there. Whatever that means, the word successful coming from the opposing team is something I wouldn't want. We don't know, like, we don't know how many yards that Probably is. Probably like, 10. Yeah, if I had to guess. 10? Is that what I would think that's a successful play because a big play is 20. I would think success, successful would be more like four. Because if you get four on a play and you do that consistently, you're going to get a lot of first downs, right? Yeah. What, That's how I look at it. Well, I mean, I don't know. Maybe. Nah. I mean, they're ranked second in first down efficiency. How many so. How many do they have of successful plays? 50. I don't think that'd be four. Yeah, you're right about that. It probably would be 10. I mean, my, and they are a big play team. Like, yeah. they get a lot of 20-plus uh, and 40-plus yards. I want to say that they are they're, they're ranked eighth in 40-plus yard passes. They're ranked eighth in 20-plus yard rushes and second in 40-plus yard rushes. So they got a lot of big yeah. plays in this offense. And, I mean, if the running back's averaging four yards a carry, then it'd probably be. True, yeah. yeah. That'd be a lot of successful plays. Well, we don't want them to be successful. So, anyways, um, another thing was the blitz passing situation. I know the Cowboys, they've been pretty good at rushing the quarterback. But I'm interested to see – what they do, how they handle this situation, if they do the four-man rush and how they play uh, with the coverage, or if they go with blitzing. Uh, their quarterback is rated 106 on blitzing situations, so that means he's pretty good 
when the opposing team is blitzing. And he's able to make plays. The one thing is maybe when he's pressure, he's not as accurate. But still, rating-wise, he's pretty good. Cowboys, just I'm interested to see how exactly they're going to handle that and what route they decide to go with in the whole quarterback pressure. The good thing about this team is that they're not pre- – like their defense isn't predicated on blitzing. They blitz at moments in games – but really is predicated on the front four being able to get pressure. So that should work well for the Cowboys because when they blitz, it's usually a lot less predictable uh, than when you, say, play a team like Pittsburgh that blitzes quite a bit more. Yeah, and but when the Cowboys have blitz, I mean, they have been successful at different situations. So I don't know. We'll see how they play with that. And, and you're right, they play more with the four-man, but we'll see. You know, last week against the uh... Uh, against the Chiefs, David Irving got a sack in the game, but really it, it was the blitz from the outside. Kendall and Byron. Yeah, and those those guys. Was that one of your plays that you did for when you break down your your plays? No, no, but but, but yeah, those I know which play you're those about. two were coming from the edge and just forced Alex Smith to step up, stepped right up into David Irving and made the made the sack. So you know that that was one of those plays where you could really see that that they caught him off guard. I don't think he was expected that, especially from either side. And and when you have a good defensive tackle like David Irving has become, you can do that a little bit more because you can't just step up in the pocket. You step up into a guy that's six seven, you're right into him. So he he's becoming a weapon for this team. So it, when you look at this offense, I know Devontae Freeman's numbers as far as just his overall yards isn't up there as high as it was last year. But you look at his average, he certainly is doing well. Is this the best running back the Cowboys will have seen this point? I know Gurley's probably no. the better of the two all right well you just answered your own question i understand what i'm what i'm getting to though is is he in the same category with a guy like Gurley? is he a step down last year i want to say he was he had he was was in top three top four rushing back in the league last year like this is a serious running back this is not just some some average guy probably the best running back tandem you're gonna face you know with two guys yeah I'm try- I think I think I'm, I'll pull it back up. I think Freeman killed the Cowboys in that game too. Oh, I yeah. want to say he did. Yeah, three touchdowns. Yeah, yeah, and, and no one had heard of him at that point because he he was, he was just, a third round pick. Is that yeah, he was a rookie making his first start. That they, they had I forgot who had gotten thirty carries for one forty one and three touchdowns. <laughs> <laughs> no, he he you're, he's seriously good and he's yeah. he's versatile. He can catch and run. I uh, going back to my point kind of is. I don't trust the Falcons to just lean on him enough to where he's really going to hurt you because I'm, he'll, he they have not done that. Right. Yeah. I'm not saying he can't hurt you. I'm saying like this offense just strikes me as being schizophrenic and I don't think they're going to come in here and be like, we're getting Devante 30 touches today. Like I just, I don't believe that they'll do that. Kind of, kind of reminds me a little bit of like the Cowboys when I first got here, it was like, you got a stud running back and a great quarterback and for whatever reason like you let yourself get away from what works a lot of the times and all of a sudden you're like holy crap DeMarco only had eight carries in this game what the hell are we doing that's kind of how I feel about the Falcons yeah do you think there's ever a little bit and this is a completely different subject but do you think I know right now the Cowboys have been the team ever since they opened their new stadium they're the team that everybody comes to town and the opposing team is like don't spend too much time looking around at the bright, shiny object, which is this stadium. For the first time, the Cowboys players are going to have that kind of situation where they're going into a new stadium that has these bright new features. Do you expect that's something that, at least from the coach's standpoint, that they at least say, hey, look, don't get focused on the bright, new, shiny toy. 
focus on what you're doing. Do they even go there a day before? I don't know. I'm just wondering if that that becomes because Cowboys have never had to deal with that, but other teams I'm sure have to well, deal with that. The Cowboys have eight, never had to deal with that. When they play in the shiniest, most ridiculous no, 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 that's stadium not, in the that's league, not, but they also practiced in that stadium for quite a bit, a few times before they opened the stadium. So they've never had to go into a stadium Minnesota. that's bright. Was it the same thing though? I, don't, I've, I haven't been to this place. Yeah. Is, it, is it the one thing I'll say? The the one part of it that's very different is their video board, which that's the same thing here that you see all the opposing players always doing this, looking up at this video board. Because I think who's seen that? I think you know? it helps the I think it helps opponents more than it hurts them because it's not a when you come to AT and T Stadium, it's not you know the crowd isn't just like oh my god I've never heard I've never seen you know a quarterback that can't hear and 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 has to make these different signals. I mean. It, that's it's not intimidating from that standpoint, and I've always, I've always said it's very similar to like Notre Dame. You know, you, you mm-hmm. go there, you look around, and you you go and look at the team. Now Notre Dame's having a great year, but for the most part, when teams go in to play them, they play them well because this is like the cathedral of football. This is it. This is it. And I, and I think teams have go into the AT and T Stadium the, the same way. That's why I don't think it's a great home field you advantage. Don't. Okay, and but. I don't know if if you look at it the same way. I don't think the players are going to come in like, we're going into Mercedes right. Stadium. Yeah. No, I just I don't think it matters. Because it's new to us, but it's not new to Jordan Lewis. He doesn't know the difference if it's been here six years or, or one year. I mean, you know what I mean? I mean, it's we know we've never been here. I've been to the Georgia Dome at the 50-yard line. Been there like four or five times. Suit, yeah. But I'm maybe ten times. But I don't think it's as new to these other players because everything's new. Mm-hmm. You know? FedEx Field was new to half the team. Yeah. Not only that, like I, th- I think it does matter. You play like what, what, and I'm not trying to be like too, I'm not trying to kiss the Cowboys' butts too much, but like what could be that impressive after you spent that amount of time at AT and T in terms of just being like shock and awe, like oh my god. Well, I do like, think it's different when you go into a stadium that has a full 360 degree video board. I mean, that's different. I, I've never yeah. seen anything like that before. So I've I know for me, I'm going to walk in and be like, I want to see this, right? I've never. You play under an 80 yard wide screen every week. Like, I mean, yeah, it's different, but is it's not different. You know what I mean? Like, it's a novelty act. It's you're used to it. I really, I don't. I, I, I just think it's by by the pregame warmups, you're done with it. Yeah. You've already you seen know. it. You, I think so. And then does it does it affect that, like how they? Because I know a lot of players. You'll hear players saying like, I know in certain stadiums it's easy because the the if the video board's in the end zone, I can look up if I'm running and see what's behind me. Obviously, you can't do that at AT and T Stadium. And I wonder if that's something like those kind of tactical things affect players sometimes where at other stadiums it's much easier to be able to do those kinds of Zeke's things. longest run this year is 30 yards so he's not really been breaking away looking <laughs> up like that hadn't been an issue I don't think Skandrick was yeah. trying to look forward at FedEx figuring out I mean yeah well, the okay. only time I, I, I Isaac Bruce is the one that I that I've seen do that way back in Miles Austin with the Rams did he do that he did that yeah. in the Seattle playoff game remember that I do it, remember. It'll happen. I just thought he was just smiling because he just was just smiling. He was seeing himself on the screen and laughing. <laughs> he was just like, look at me, number 14, hey. Miles Austin. Other than Skandrick's field goal return, the Cowboys haven't really had a play like that this year, have no, they? They, they haven't really. really breaking really away? Have a, they haven't housed a long one. I wonder yeah. why. I wonder why they don't have that speed like to do that. Like Why they haven't just. Where are you going with this, Implier? I just think they should. Where he always goes with it. I think <laughs> they should draft some speed next year. I've been going on this for like twelve years. What in are a you row? gonna do when they finally do that? Like, are you just gonna have, like have a party or like what are you gonna do? 
No, the go around the building, shaking everybody's hands, celebrating. The ultimate twist of fate is that he's going to get this guy, and it's going to be one of those receivers who just can't catch anything. He's always open. Yeah, he'll ever catch the ball. Well, be there. There's going to be a reason why he's in the third round, right, or second round. I mean, and I'm okay with that. Especially if he's like a four three guy. Yeah, I'm okay with either he's going to be a very small school guy, or he's going to be, you know, he's just off the field. Doesn't yeah, it doesn't he doesn't catch really that you know that great, but you know. He was in the Olympic trials last year. You know, he finished eighth up there in Oregon or, or whatever. So. All right, let's take our final break. We'll come back. Let's get some questions. The number's 214-872-2102. Again, 214-872-2102. Or hit us on Twitter at Cowboys Break. This is The Break. To work this big land, you need equipment with values rooted as deep in Texas soil as you are. Like John Deere compact tractors with a six-year powertrain warranty and big features that help you work less so you have more time to do what you love. John Deere was first in the Texas fields and we're proud to be on the field as the official ag and turf equipment of the Dallas Cowboys. Find Texas-sized deals at myjohndeerdealer.com slash football. Terms, conditions, exclusions, and warranty limitations apply. See dealer for details. We, the entertainment-loving people, want a smartphone built for us. With AT&T and DirecTV, you can get the Samsung Galaxy S8 with an infinity edge-to-edge screen that's perfect for entertainment. We want exactly what you just said. Buy a Samsung Galaxy S8 and get one free after bill credits when you buy both on AT&T Next and have DirecTV. Visit your local AT&T store today. Buy each for $750 on installment agreement with eligible service. New line is free up to $750 in credits over 30 months. Credits start in two to three bills if service canceled by balance due. Taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. Limited time offers. See store for details. Ice cold Dr. Pepper and the Dallas Cowboys go way back. They belong together, like Texas and football, silver and blue, shotgun formations and Hail Marys. Having a Cowboys football party without Dr. Pepper is like having Thanksgiving without the Cowboys. Basically, we wouldn't recommend it. So next time you have a tailgate, home gate, or whatever else kind of gate, grab some ice-cold Dr. Pepper for you and your friends to enjoy. It's a Dallas Cowboys tradition. Dr. Pepper, the one you crave. It can be hard to find the right resource for learning about important financial matters. You search how to build savings, you end up reading about the one weird ingredient from supermarkets that can make you taller. That's why Bank of America built BetterMoneyHabits.com, a safe little corner of the internet for answering your financial questions. Full of simple videos and tips, Better Money Habits can show you how to make the most of your money without resorting to random searches that always seem to lead to unbelievable photos of childhood stars grown up. To learn more, visit BetterMoneyHabits.com. Back to the break. Welcome back. It's the final segment of The Break Live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. We're taking questions. 214-872-2102 is the number. You can also send your questions to Twitter at Cowboys Break. Amber will grab those. Let's start first with a phone call from Tim in New York. Tim, what up? Hi, guys. Hi. Hey, how you doing? Um, I uh, know that our defense looked a lot better this past game. Of course, and I think, you know, Cowboy fans are pretty excited about that. But I guess I'm still pretty concerned about the um, run defense. Um, And especially, not just with Price going out, but I was concerned about that before. And I know that in Marinelli's scheme, they don't put a lot of emphasis on um, drafting a one technique, a true one technique. I mean, the, the emphasis is really on the three tech. But um, my question is, do you think that it's time that he uh, puts more value on that? I mean, I would think that if we could draft someone, it costs maybe a third or something, 
but really a guy that can that is big that can just eat up blocks there in the middle, and then you know we can we can continue to use our, our better players at the three. I mean, it, it just seems like that that maybe uh, it's time to reconsider that oh. uh, that strategy. All right, thanks for the call. I hear I hear what he's saying, and you know, first of all, I think you want to put premium on on your defensive line anyway which you know we've talked about before I think they've done but I think he sort of contradicted himself and or answered his own question there in the sense that you you just want your one technique to eat up blocks and eat up space free up areas for your three tech and your weak side linebacker and and open things up for other guys to make plays right why would you spend a first round pick on that he didn't say first round you're, you're right he didn't okay but that I guess that's and and fine, if you want to spend a third-round pick on it, I'm totally on board with that. But I get why Rod doesn't put that premium on a guy yeah. whose job is to open things up for other people. I think you can find that. Obviously, they did that with uh, Joey Ivey and Jordan Carroll. Seventh round is probably too late for anybody that you're hoping to make a real impact. Um, but yeah, I mean, I would absolutely be on board with drafting a defensive tackle in the third or fourth round. The one thing to say, though, is you can see the difference in teams that, that do have that big yeah. plugging guy. Like, you saw that defense, and there were a couple other guys they signed last year, but Snacks Harrison made a difference <clears throat> excuse absolutely. me, in New York. Um, and you, you can go back to, what was the guy's name in Green Bay that was there for so long? And he was just a Gilbert big, Brown. Gilbert Brown. Yeah, he was just like a big, huge, sloppy dude that – they got, sat there in the middle, and you were not going to move him. Well, so you New better England, run around him because you're not going to move him. New England was also you know, Wilfork, benefited from, yeah. from Wilford for many years. And Wilford was a first or second? He was a first-round yeah. pick. He was, he was drafted one spot ahead of where the Cowboys were picking that year. But I, don't think I don't think so. I don't, I don't think they were. And I think that's— They're, They were going to trade that pick anyway. As valuable as it might be in a 4-3, it's even more valuable in a 3-4. Absolutely. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, and you know, I I would in a perfect world I would want Malik Collins playing three. I get why he's playing one right now. Um, but yeah, if, if yeah, I wouldn't want to spend a first round pick on it just because I said because the nature of the position, I just think it's easier to find a guy who can play it well as opposed to you need to be using first round picks on freakish athletes like edge rushers, receivers, you know, guys like that. But but you know, the, let's not. Make no mistake that that Marinelli does not like that type of player so much because of a- athletically he wants them to get up the field. He says that a lot, so I know why he doesn't like it. But I don't really agree with it. I agree with the caller. I mean, I I, I think it is time to revisit that. I think I would I would go in the, the second or third round. You know, if you get a really big strong guy like that, there's just like we talked about all the time about speed receivers. There's going to be a reason why he's there. Because if he's that big, that strong, that dominant, he's going to go in the first round. But there's a reason why he's in the second or third. Whether he was, you know, he has weight issues, is he he's, he's, doesn't have great work ethic, he gets hurt a lot, he doesn't know how to play with that size. I mean, whatever it is. Yeah. I, the one way, the one area where I do disagree with the caller is in the fact that, like, it's always easy to say, well, you should have done this, you should. Who were you not going to draft last year? They had, I think, higher priorities last year that they went out to get, especially in the secondary. They spent quite a bit of their of their resources in the secondary last year. And so I think, you know, where, where are you going to get rid of those first three picks last year? Which one of those guys are you willing to give back in order to get a one technique? I think that 
it would to me it's better spent yeah. on corner no it's better spent on cornerback it's better spent on a pass rusher those picks to That's, me where this team is right now those were picks that were necessary way more than a one technique fourth round I, where they got where they got Malik is like the perfect range where I'm starting to think about that yeah. pick sixty seven which you know. I'm biased. He's an LSU guy. Brian talks about him all the time, though. But Benny Logan was a guy. Yep. He's a one tech that they could have got. He was a third round pick. I don't remember exactly. But those types of guys are there and they can make a difference. I mean, Benny Logan, when he was paired with Fletcher Cox in Philly, that was that gross. Was nasty. Yeah. yeah. Um, Where is he now? Kansas, Kansas City. City, actually. Yeah. Which they obviously they didn't play that well. They got him. They got him. One playing, yeah, yeah. Well, he's playing like nose in a three four. Yeah, and just eh. But. You can find that type of talent, and I'm totally on board with that. If that's you know that's something to look at, just I'm not trying to spend a top first round pick on that position. That's yep. just me. All right, let's take a question from Twitter. Well, yesterday we talked about the NF- NFC, but we didn't get to answer some questions. So here's one: Do you guys see the Cowboys leading the NFC East division after a December 10th game due to the Eagles' schedule? Both teams would have nine four record. Who do the Eagles have coming up? That's I mean, I, I it didn't sound like the Eagles were really going to be in trouble. I know, but they don't I mean. I'm trying to think of who else they have left. The Eagles the go bye week. Dallas. I know they have a trip to Seattle in there somewhere. They actually they go back to back West Coast. They're at Seattle and at the Rams. Hmm. Um, Stay that week. So that's kind of interesting. I was thinking about that. I I would. If Those I are all was, three games that are losable. Sure. Yeah. I don't. I don't know if Seattle is right after the Dallas. Cowboys game. I well, I don't know what their Thanksgiving week game is. I'm not sure. I'm sorry. Um. But yeah, I mean, you know, I get in that argument with Manny Acho on our show Cover Four all the time because he's a ridiculous Eagles homer, and you know he. <laughs> He basically is of the opinion that the, the division has been decided and the Cowboys, you know, need to be thinking about the wild card. And I think, you know, yeah, that's that's probably the more likely scenario. I, I think the Eagles are talented enough to hang on to the lead, but it's certainly not something that's already been decided. This, this week is is big though for it Dallas is. because they're two and a half games behind them. They could be three if you lose, and that's that's huge. But if you're only two games, you win this game, and you're just a you know just a solid two games behind Philly with playing them twice you know i i think that they're very catchable in that sense but you've got to win this game when when they're off i said we talked about that and i'm sorry to plug it on cover four yesterday just you know what does this chiefs win mean statement win blah 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 i was like it doesn't mean anything if they don't beat atlanta because like this is your real opportunity to gain ground on philly like i mean you're you're two games back of them and you get to play them so if you win this game then you're at least in position to be a game behind Philly heading into the really the home stretch of the season. Yeah. If you don't beat Atlanta, then you're right back where you were, where yeah. even if you beat them, you're still two games out after November 19th. So if the Cowboys have legitimate aspirations of winning the East, I really think they have to beat Atlanta this week. Here are their remaining, here's the, uh, the Eagles' remaining schedule. They got Cow- at Cowboys, then they play at home versus the Bears, then three road games in a row. Two on the West Coast against the Seahawks, the Rams, and then at the Giants. Uh, then they're back home to play the Raiders and finish the season at home against the Cowboys. Yeah. So four of those games are against teams with winning records right now, and two of them. The, well, aside from the Cowboys, the Rams game and the Seahawks game. I mean, the Seahawks live and Rams daily are talking about how that's key because that's going to help decide yep. the West. So yep. I mean, they're t- they're having the same conversation that we are for a different division. So. I'm sure they're going to give the Eagles their best shot and at home. 
Just make up two names there. Yes, I like it. Like it. Uh, what about hanging with the Seahawks? Hanging with the hanging, hanging with the with Hawks. The yeah, you got to go with the hanging with there. the Hawks. That's actually a good name. I got to call Ken. That doesn't make sense. It does. <laughs> Not the worst name I've ever heard. Um, hanging with the Hawks. <laughs> yes, I mean, you know, the Eagles are the Eagles are eight and one right now. Even even if they go so twelve and four, they'd still what have to go five and three down the stretch or whatever. I don't think they did the math there right, mm. but you get my point. I mean. They could lose some games here. They could lose some games here and still finish with a really great record. I mean, yeah. if they lose out, they would go eight and eight still. So, what do you think right now is realistic for the Cowboys? Their final record. We'll find out after two o'clock tomorrow. Yeah, that's a great point. I just, okay, give me with Zeke without with Zeke. With Zeke. I think ten, ten, and ten and six with Zeke. Yes, just five and three again. You do five and three I, one more time. If Zeke is here for the whole rest of the season, I, you could talk me into eleven and five or twelve and four. To be right. totally honest, you could talk me into it. I'm not saying it would happen. You're not there yet, but I'm just a good, but a good talk. They are rounding into form. Mm-hmm. Other than the Eagles, I'm not just complete. There's not a game left on the schedule. You know, I looked at the Chiefs all season. Like, well, what are what are they going to do against the Chiefs? Like, I don't see that game left. I mean, I'm not saying they're going to win them all, but there's just not a team left on the schedule that I just think. They're definitively better. Maybe, but either, maybe the Eagles, but that's a division game. But either way, like you, and you also don't see that one where you're like, there's no way if the Cowboys do their job, there's no way they should lose that game. Chargers? I don't really think so. No, yeah, no way. Great quarterback, great, great pass qu- rush. Like this team doesn't play that great on Thanksgiving. It really don't. They don't. They, they really don't. I mean, the, you you can get a team, a veteran team, especially with a veteran quarterback that comes in short week. That one scares me. As I always thought as, that was a game that favored the Cowboys so much. And maybe not. So. Maybe not. I maybe really not. don't. My experience here, they played mediocre against a bad Raider team in 2013. They got owned by Philly in 2014. They got owned by Carolina in 2015. No doubt about that. They played really well. This is our 19th. This will be our, our 19th uh, Thanksgiving Day game. Yeah. Okay. At 18. And I really don't know this. At 18 games. I just remember Dexter Coakley. What do you think? I, what do you think the record is? You've been at 18 All Thanksgiving those, out games. Of, out, of, out of 18 games, I would guess they are. I bet it's 12 and 6. I would say 10 and 8. Maybe 9 and 9, but I'm going to yeah. say 10 and 8. We'll be look a fun, it up after. Yeah, it'd be a fun we'll little look project. It up, yeah. We'll look it up. 10 and 6. 11 and 5 is my optimistic but realistic idea for how this thing's going to finish out. Now tell me without Zeke. No, I think either way. That's either honestly. way. Okay. Yeah, I really do. Nick, without Zeke. Mm. So they're they're 5 and 3 right now. So I, I guess you, I mean, yeah, without Zeke, maybe you think they go 3 and 5 and finish yeah. 8 and 8, but I don't. Yeah, probably 9 and 7. I'd say they'll, they'll split them, go 4 and 4, go 9 and 7. Amber. Let's go back to the psh. I don't know. I don't know. Um, again, this team is picking up. You know, they're starting to become more consistent, but I'm not just – and I'm not trying to be negative again. I'm just, you know, kind of let's see how it goes type of mood. What what's wh- where, What world are we in where I'm the optimist? Like, where <laughs> I, I, I'm telling you right now, if the defense keeps getting sacks and turnovers the way they have been since the bye – and if the quarterback keeps playing like a badass, and you keep the running back, I think the sky's the limit for him. I, no, well, I'm saying they're going up. You're thinking even right without now. the. If running back. those three things are happening, if Dak's playing like a badass and the defense keeps doing what it's doing, okay. Here's I'm not my saying concern. it doesn't matter that Zeke's not there, but I'm saying they should be able to win more games than they lose. Yeah, that's basically all right. What happens if Tyron Smith is out? 
That I think is a honestly. And Zeke. Here's here's the. So the, how do you vi- envision this team doing with two players like that out? If if you're without Tyron Smith, I'm more concerned than being without Tyron Smith than I am being without Zeke. And I know that sounds crazy. No, but it's about oh, who, yeah, yeah. it's about who's behind him. Right. Not only that, but if Tyron has to miss multiple games. I'm not certain that I trust the fact that Chaz Green is going to stay healthy. And then what do you do? Is now Byron Bell your left tackle with a right tackle? I mean, I'm sorry, is your left tackle and a right guard, by the way, that still, I think, relies on the fact that he has those guys beside him. I get really worried about that. Yeah, and we've seen Chaz Green step in for Tyron, you know, and replace him, and he's done okay, but again – handling all these games and I don't know how much he can play and I don't know how much he would affect this team and how they they would be able to handle that. So when we've seen oh, how changes like that really affect the offensive line. It's a troubling prospect to be sure, but you, you make do. The fact that you have a, a mobile quarterback probably helps with that. It does. I mean, Dak can do a lot of stuff on the move, move the pocket. It would help if you had Zeke too, right? So sure. you lose both, and now I think that's the part you really worry about. And that's, to be honest with you, it's not so much, in my opinion, about how bad Chaz Green or Byron Bell are. I don't think they're horrible players. I just think now when you start changing now two pieces on the left side of the offensive line, I, this offensive line is just now starting to gel, and now you're going to change that up at the most important position on the yeah, offensive line. Yeah, that's what line. I'm saying. Yeah. I don't know how they would react to that. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sound like Eatman a little bit right here, but just, I, honestly, I have my doubts. I have my doubts Tyron's going to play in this game, just based on the injury and the time turnaround and all that, but I'll believe he's going to miss a substantial chunk of time when I see it. Like, yeah. he is an Iron Man. He's like a team-first dude. He's the ultimate just shut up and let me get through it guy. Even I mean, even going to his his contract is more team friendly than it should be. But just two games matters right now because you got Atlanta and Philly. Of course, because it, of where you're located of, in your schedule. Of course, it matters. But well, I'll believe he's not playing against Philly when I see it, and we're projecting right, right now. Yeah, but yeah. I mean, that'll be that'll be two weeks out from when he heard it. And I I don't. But I'm, again, that's one more injury added to that big body of course oh it's it's yeah terrible it's bat. terrible yeah. in the long run i told him that in the locker room on sunday i was like dude you're getting old like these things wow. are just like <laughs> you told him that? yeah he said wow thanks like he, did he yeah. grab you and kind of pick you up by your neck oh he's too nice for he that. should have uh dude you're getting old yeah <laughs> he was like come on now and i was like you're ancient by nfl standards like you've been doing this for wow come on while the man's <laughs> down like seriously he was but that's like he's his down is not like it's not like he's in a wheelchair like no but he's hurt like on top of that now dave's heaping on him that he's old and washed up and ready to retire all of this i didn't say that all of this stuff <laughs> it, it's it's troubling in the long term and it's stuff that he and the cowboys are gonna have to figure out when the season's over but i just like He's going to find a way to grin and get through the season. Even if he misses this week, like I'm not envisioning a world where they don't have Tyron Smith for he is a, tough dude. a so substantial that, chunk of time. So that helps, the fact that he's a tough guy and he's played through injuries before. Yeah. So, um, Let's get a phone call from Michael in Tennessee. Michael, what up? Hey, guys. How you guys doing? Good. How are you? Pretty good. Um, this is a question for Nick. Um, I listen to the show all the time. I've been meaning to call. But last Friday, you had a crazy prediction that the game would be decided by a pick or it would be a huge play in the game, and you didn't talk about it at all. <laughs> they don't They don't like to, to bring that stuff up. What's that? Actually, I, actually, I kind of forgot pick. about it. <laughs> I said that there, I think I said there would be late in the game there would be a pick. 
I didn't say it was Jeff Heath, but yeah. Well, it happens. I mean, if you sat next to, to me at the game, you'll see that I make a lot of predictions, and I'm not <laughs> that's, always right. That's, <laughs> he makes a ton of them. Well, he's got one almost every other, all, every so, other series. All credit, all credit in the world true. because Nick hits on a lot of predictions. He does. He really does. But he but throws a lot out there. I throw my, yeah. He predicts something before every play. Yes. Like, and so He's the Kobe Bryant. Like He's going to jack up a lot of shots. Every he's going to hit. Almost every like I can because I sit two guys over play? from Nick. Not every play, but annoying. If that's every play. Play. No, That's it's not every play, annoying. but you you throw them out there a lot. Like yeah, at least you'll, you'll throw one out there. I get regularly. real mad at myself when I don't say it, and it happens. I'm like, Dang it! And then you do the 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 makeup one. Like, that, like, and no I was one just wants, about. No to one wants predict. to hear that. No <laughs> right? Hear that. Yeah. So. It's kind of like Romo. You know, just like better watch the motion here, and like this is going to turn and do that. Just it's yeah. Okay, but 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 I'll I'll say this: the drive right before the half, the Cowboys had third and fifteen draw. Draw this is stupid. Why are they throwing? Why are they throwing? Dez for twenty two. Like okay, okay. Whatever. And then then there's Dak rolling around. Like Dak, you run it. There it is. He's open running. Why are you throwing run. it? Fifty six. Oh, oh, okay. Well, and then then they score and I'm like, well, I don't know anything. Yeah, that's exactly what you said. You're like, I don't know anything. I don't know anything. I just messed all that up. So, thank you for remembering that. And people on Twitter said that, but I, you know, it's a little hollow because I do make a lot of predictions, and I'm I don't even think I'm fifty percent. <laughs> I don't. I don't think it's fifty percent. But, but it's yeah. Fun. It's Just fun. to follow up on a question y'all had earlier about Thanksgiving, I calculated it as they're seven and ten in the past seventeen oh Thanksgiving games. Seven and ten. Yeah. Booyah. Wow. I didn't realize they've been that bad on Thanksgiving. They've yeah. been good recently, but they have they were not good in that. Now, of course, during those five and eleven years, yeah. they were just a bad team, right? Yeah, that hurt them. They put themselves in quite a hole. Oh, they, well, they you know what I want to It doesn't count when but you're bad. Losses are oh, no, 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 no. They what what I'm saying, though. In, in, in those three years, though, in the 2000, 2001, 2002, I think they were one and two in those two in yeah, those three right. years. So and they not, lost a bunch in a row um, from 2005 until 2000. Ron Dane. Yeah. Maybe that's what I'm thinking about is that period when they were kind of reeling them off. Romo it came in in 06. They won 06, 07, 08. Oh nine. Uh, no, they lost. They, they, lost they, they, they won oh nine. They lost ten. Didn't win in twenty ten. Remember that they one? Lo- yeah. Saints. Yeah. That was Saints. The, um, that was the Roy that was the Saints. The Roy Williams yeah. fumble game. Yeah. Yeah. They should have won that game. Yeah, they should have. That was one of the Good most game. miraculous. You know, like everybody in my living room and like, well, I guess Saints are gonna lose. And then there you go. Nope. Yeah. You weren't work. You weren't working it yet. Nah, I was like, then. I wasn't even out of college yet. <laughs> Derek is oh, the yeah. worst. Eric, I am. Like I, no I, I tell you all the time. time. Like I don't know. Like I can't tell you yesterday what was happening at three o'clock. Like I'm, I'm horrible with time. Well, we were having a meeting at three o'clock. Oh, yeah. Was it a good one? Did I, I say something know. enlightening? You have a meeting at you, three o'clock. You put, every a, day. you put another show out there on us. <laughs> I did create a new show, so stay tuned for that. All right, guys. Appreciate you joining us. We'll be back tomorrow. Till wow. then, for Nick Eatman, Dave Hellman, Amber Garcia, I'm Derek Eagleton. This has been the Break Live on DallasCowboys.com. Radio. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about-